Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsya, The Well, a podcast series about topics of interest to Ukrainians around the globe. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Our guest for this episode is Timur Koritny, who is the Director of Digital and IT at the Ukrainian organization Ukra Boronoprom. And this episode of Krenitsya is produced for the Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Welcome, Timur. How are you? Thank you, Michael. My pleasure to speak to you and my pleasure to speak to all the Ukrainians in in U.S. And for sure, thanks a lot for your enormous support of our country in such a heavy time. Thank you very much just from the start. Thank you for joining us today, Timur. To start off with, before we get into a discussion about demining in Ukraine, uh, I would like to speak with you about your educational and professional background. So if you can give us a couple of words on that. So uh, my name is Timur Karitny. I'm uh, 45. Uh, I work as a head of IT and digital for Ukrainian state defense industries called uh, Ukrabaronprom. Uh, as uh, my education, I have a sociological background back in uh, 90s to some extent and in fact, I recently got an MBA grade for uh, artificial intelligence in Kiev School of Economics, uh, where I'm also enjoying the possibility to deliver lectures as a um, digital transformation for MBA. So I'm uh, compiling uh, pretty much things like uh, with my business uh, background and educational, which is my passion. I started to work in IT industry back to 1995, and I was uh, working in a different international organizations in few industries, uh, like Coca-Cola for Danone, for pharmaceutical with Sanofi. I was working for agro-digital companies, so it's pretty much a close topic for me as well. And for the last three years, I'm head of IT and digital for Ukrainian defense industries. So that's shortly my background. Thank you. Timuro. What does the organization Ukraboronoprom do? Ukraboronoprom is an organization, it's a group of companies, uh, still pretty much independent uh, as in terms of uh, deciding on their commercial uh, activities and the decisions they take locally. All those uh, companies are belonging to the state. So in fact, it's state-owned commercial industry in the defense sector if you if you want we've started the corporatization uh, activities uh, back to 2021 after the specific law was approved by the president and uh, we are creating a like a corporation like in the normal terms of uh, say world commercial corporation internally and to that extent we are the last one biggest in Ukraine, not corporatized group of companies. That's why it's one of the most probably important activities in regard to transformation, so huge transformation. Uh, all those factories and uh, other organizations, bureaus, uh, and so on, uh, they were existing, most of them they were existing back from Soviet times. 
as you may remember, having, uh, let's say, 4% of territory of uh, USSR and generally Ukraine was producing 40% for zero of the global, uh, I mean, not global Soviet military production. So we have a, uh, quite a big uh, heritage of uh, military technologies and a lot of legacies behind. So we are pretty much powerful to that extent. And their organization is very important for the country, definitely. And especially it's very important uh, as well to strengthen the, the Minister of Defense, the Ukrainian army during the war. And also to adapt all the technologies, weaponry and NATO standards, which are provided with our powerful partners. And again, thanks, thanks for that. So we are represented in um, around 60 plus different enterprises in uh, different um, directions of military armament and uh, services and maintenance. And we are continuing like this. So it's a, it's a group, it's a family of huge, specific and important companies within the country. Let's turn our attention now uh, to the issue of landmines and also sea mines. It's been reported that 40% of the territory of Ukraine is covered with landmines now as a result of the Russian invasion of the country almost a year ago. Uh, do you agree with this? It, it depends how to calculate, and it also depends how do we name things. Uh, when we're speaking about landmines or sea mines, it's not only the territories which were mined by purpose, by military of one side or another, it's also about um, places, areas, fields, uh, urban buildings, uh, blocks, and so on, where there were uh, military operations or clashes. So it's not about uh, only uh, mines which were placed in the ground with a purpose. It was about the shells, rockets, which were not uh, blown all the other types of the weaponry which left behind the uh, scenes of war in these specific areas. So it's not about, I would say, just landmines. It's all and everything which is, I would say, dangerous for the citizens, for civilians, for animals, for the nature, and so on and so forth, in all types of territories you could imagine. So to some extent, maybe it's not 40. I'm not so much an expert on this. Uh, I was checking just today an official information on this topic. Maybe it's 30 or 35, but it's huge. So in regards of Ukraine territory, if you speak about 200, I don't know, 20,000 square kilometers, it's huge. It, uh, it's like a territory of two Austrias or it's um, like a territory of UK. It doesn't mean that it's contaminated with uh, mine or other um, kind of explosives, those territories are potentially dangerous there because it's it's not on the map that you could say, okay, this exact field contains, I don't know, exact number of mines because it was a minefield. You could have surprises everywhere. This is first thing. Second thing is that there were uh, bombs and mines and special tricky explosive devices hidden in the toys or hidden under the uh, like um, uh, bushes in the garden or hidden behind the walls in the building when you open the door. And some say that some of uh, this tricky uh, stuff 
this uh, traps, these traps, these dangerous traps were left uh, and they are very smart. So smart mining, I mean, to make this explosive traps is a big problem. So it's a big story. And what I would like to say, it's not only about mines left uh, with purpose. So it's a big uh, thing. Uh, speaking about uh, sea mines, it's not only about sea mines. It's about, again, uh, the regular uh, bombs or rockets or bullets uh, or mines left next to the, not only the sea uh, side, sea coast, it's about rivers, it's about different uh, lakes, wells, and uh, swamps even. So it's a big story. And uh, even before the war, even before the first part of the war, we still uh, are finding uh, uh, bombs left from the Second World War. It was the case with house of my uh, parents-in-law where they found the bombers that tried to dip a lake uh, a bit in the in their dacha and the territory okay so this is a big story and this is quite complex and uh, the additional complexity here is just because we are talking about different types of uh, areas so there are forests there are lakes there are uh, agricultural fields there are industrial buildings industrial areas there are rural areas and uh, so long and so forth so complexity is everywhere so uh, if you say if it's 30 uh, or uh, 40 i think it's around there to be honest but what is true that some areas especially in Kherson region for the moment is the most con contaminated areas in the world with the dangerous explosives mines and so on so roughly i would say that's it Timur, is the State Emergency Service of Ukraine, the acronym is SES, the primary agency responsible for demining? And if it is, does it have a specific program in place to demine Ukraine? Uh, yes, uh, this state service is really a regulator and operator uh, to some extent. And the final validator, if you let me say like this, proof to confirm that specific area is clean from the mines. So they like on the, the bosses of everything. To that extent, we, we have now uh, about seven different operators having specific licenses for the mining. And they are operating in Ukraine. Some of them are international, some of them are local. So to extend on this idea, what I would say. First of all, demining uh, is just to some extent you extract this specific plosive from the ground or I don't know, from the tree or from other place. But the mining doesn't mean that you destroy the stuff because you need to, to destroy this dangerous stuff uh, after. Uh, and this is another big story. So not all operators have the license to destroy. They could extract, they could clear the field or the area and apply for certificate as far as I understand that this area is safe. But uh, another big story is how to destroy uh, the, the bombs and mines, they were extracted from, from the soil or other places. Second thing, when we talk about demining, it's not only about physical demining, it's about the complex of things around this. For example, it's about educational uh, story, like e-learning or any kind of uh, informational services to, to citizens, to inform kids in schools, how to behave, uh, not to touch, how to react, how to report, and so on. 
It's also about informational systems like inform habitants that some specific areas are dangerous, potentially dangerous, and so on, or safe. Uh, this is another uh, thing. So it's a complex of different things in different directions, which really cover uh, the whole story. It's very specific to the region and to the area, uh, depending if it's industrial, if it's forest, if it's lakes, if it's uh, fields, and so on. Another thing is that if I could compare, I think it's a good uh, comparison to do. Like if you are waiting for an ambulance, which is, uh, let's say, state provided or provided by uh, your security service you have, some people could wait, should wait, in fact, that people could come to demand specific territory. So that's why the operators, which are also do, it's like a, a commercial ambulance, if you want, that could come to help you. And the biggest problem is that comparing with the experience of other countries and comparing with the number of explosives we have in the ground and many other stuff, I mean, it's a big and long uh, story, uh, which is very specific in different areas and industries uh, in our country. Timur, what kind of technology is used for demining and the removal of ordnance, military ordnance? For example, are robots being used? Yes, as, as I just told you, it's a, let's say, new challenge, okay? With such a huge number of things uh, lie down or hidden in different areas, it's not only about robots. And what we are doing, we are kind of a place for game-changing and demining. So normally, again, normally, if I could say it like this, it was, it was all about specially trained people, deminers, and uh, some of our operators, uh, one of them is specifically is a part of our Corroboron uh, Prom concern, was uh, approved on the level of uh, United Nations and some other global organizations to provide services uh, to countries which were previously mined or bombed to uh, secure uh, those areas. And it was more about regular person, trained person, equipped person, which is coming through the field and checking with this metal detector, metal detector if there is something in the ground. Now, with such a huge territory and such a big number of things and a huge request to clean up the, the whole story, we need to, especially being in the 21st century and having artificial intelligence and computer vision, all the stuff behind and all the manned machines, we are in position to first of all, to combine all existing methods and uh, provide more faster and what is more even important, affordable approach for everyone who needs it, that complex of technologies comes in place and um, helps to demine. To illustrate, so robots it could be some smaller machines, they could be heavy and very expensive. I, I think it's between... $800,000 to $1.2 million machine, like a big uh, tractor combine, which is specifically designed that goes through the field and, uh, let's say, detect and destroy what's happened. It could be also uh, drones, uh, and this use of drones and uh, uh, attached technologies, uh, it was a huge use and still for agronomic companies, for farmers who were doing, let's say, a checkup of the fields in regards of crops, yields, um, problems in the field, and so on. So it's recognition of potential 
problems in the field and uh, let's say if you can say that there is a problem look like part of the grass or looks differently maybe somebody planted there a mine or something but uh, if um, we consider that some fields were not touched for example after the last campaign uh, or they are staying uh, with the crops like uh, corn and this corn is two meters high uh, you could imagine that it's not easy to detect if there is something in the ground and so on. And we unfortunately have the uh, daily reports that some people stepped on the mine or some people uh, drove on the mine on the car, on the tractor. Many people die every day. So it's a huge problem and we need to make the uh, technology affordable, make things faster and inform the citizens and inhabitants in the surroundings that this area is specific. Unfortunately, we're completely out of time, but I did want to thank you for joining us on Krenitsia today to talk about the topic of demining in Ukraine. Yes, uh, one short word is really people are not exactly could imagine the size of the problem. And for the Western uh, partners and colleagues and friends, just to keep in mind that the problem of demining in Ukraine is directly linked to the world food safety because Ukraine is delivering a lot of yields to the world consumers. So this is a global problem and we need the help of everyone to make it clean as much faster as we can. Thank you for fantastic opportunity to speak. Thank you, Timur. I've been speaking with Timur Koritny, the Director Digital and IT at Ukraboronoprom, Ukrainian organization, and I am Mike Burek, your host and producer of Kredenitsia, The Well, a podcast series about topics of interest to Ukrainians around the globe. This episode has been produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S. for the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Until next time, that's all for now.